0: All right, hey, welcome um, to a podcast with two of my favorite people, Jerry and Kathy. Um, We're Harbor Covenant Church, and Harbor Covenant Church has been active in Gig Harbor since about the since the early '80s, um, but even beyond Gig Harbor, it's uh, built relationships with the people and organizations all around the globe. And so we've been doing this podcast series called Harbor Cove Tales, where we highlight and explore stories um, throughout the generations of many people that uh, call Harbor Cove home. And today we get to hear from Jerry and Kathy about um, one of their uh, passions, one of their, I don't know, one of their goals, just the way that they that. The th- Things that they that matter to them in India, far on the other side of the world. So, Jerry and Kathy, welcome, and let's start off by doing a little introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and how you've been involve, involved with Harbor Covenant over
1: the years.
2: Okay. Thanks, Matt.
1: Yeah, I'll start. Um, we actually started going to this church right after it was founded in early 1980 and then um, became involved and active. I was hired as the office administrator in 1985. That's right, you've been on staff here. I've been on staff and worked here until I retired in 2005. So 20 years, I guess, something like that. And was Jerry always with you or did you drag him along later? Uh, I got him dragged along later. <laughs> how'd you, how'd that happen?
2: Uh, well, I started coming to Harbor Covenant with Kathy in the early 80s, periodically. Um, and then over the years through the, um, well, the mentorship of Ernie Hansen, the pastor at the time, and some of the founding members of the church, uh, I finally joined the church, but I did not find Christ until I was in my 50s. And so I'm, relatively speaking, a, a newer believer than a lot of people are
0: let take a minute real quick, because now I want to hear this story. So how did that happen? How did you find Christ in your 50s?
2: Um, you know, uh, uh, a collision course with with what I worshipped. You know, what I worshipped was uh, a lot of work. Uh, uh, you know, I, my, uh, yeah, I think that was a lot of it. And then I was also experiencing severe anxiety, depression, and, you know, the kind of darkness uh, in a lot of people experience. And I had uh, always tried to remedy that through various, various means work, uh, drinking too much at times, um, you know, those kinds of things. And I had, I think I had, I just had, I think I was an unpleasant person. And so, can, I, I th- can you confirm? She, she would confirm. Uh,
0: can confirm. Unpleasant person. Can't. Not,
1: not.
2: <laughs> she will not neither totally, de- no. deny nor confirm. <laughs> so, but at any rate, so I, I finally, at some point, um, I was in the mountains and I finally just went face down into the, into the dirt and said, I surrender. This is not working for me. So I'll try you for a while. And then for the last, gosh, 25, 30 years, my life is different.
0: That's awesome, and so it's really out of that transformation in your life and yours too um, that you are committed to seeing that in other people, right?
2: That yeah, that really is true. Uh, my own experience, the transformational power of Christ, is really, really important to me. And uh, I'm not an evangelist or a church planter, but um, but I think that Kathy and I are pretty relational. And that gives us an opportunity to connect with people. Um, our journey uh, our journey, really started out as teaching peacemaking in, in South Asia. And so we have, a, we have a, a considerable track record of that and still doing it. But over the course of time, we've become so connected with many, many people in India, uh, people that um, are committed to Christ. They've committed their life to, uh, to serving the poor, uh, the widows, the orphans, the aliens among them, among us, and we've just been attracted to that, and um, you have been attracted to the people.
1: Yeah, it's always to the, the people. people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: We'll get into what is it about the people that you have loved, grown to love, here in a bit. Um, when you guys aren't in India and you're here in Gig Harbor, um, how else do you guys stay involved with? Or, I mean, it tell, you got grandkids, you got great grandkids, like what, what's, what's life like when you're not in India?
1: Well, Jerry's still working okay. part-time. So he has he's in his office a lot, has a lot of phone calls and just paperwork besides meetings. And I still volunteer here at the church and I work at the furniture bank a couple days a month. And I love to read and I love to garden and I'm just, we spend time with our kids and our grandkids, when we can, when they're not busy. Yeah, they're busy. Bunch. Which is mm-hmm. the challenging part. So yeah, life is life has been very good for
2: us. Yeah, yeah. And I would just add that, um, in regard to the church, Kathy and I belong. We're part of a small group and have been for wow a long time.
1: Several small groups actually. Several
2: small groups. Um, in addition, I have breakfast once a week with with guys from the church, or most of them are. Um, and then periodically, I meet with some other guys. We just, you know, uh, have a beer and and talk about uh, talk about issues of life or or scripture, that kind of thing. And Kathy, why don't you talk about? Your connections with other people too. They know my about our prayer
1: ladies. We did a whole (laughs) podcast on the prayer ladies. You can go back and read that one. That's Um, that's um, right.
2: No, I've been
0: impressed with your guys' commitment to your faith and living that out. Um, You're definitely one of the two that, or two of the people in our community that that really make Harbor Cove go. So, um, but as long as I've been here, I came in 2015. I've known you guys as india people besides the Cochrans, who are missionaries that we support through ywam um, but i know that uh, you are highly connected to relief and outreach efforts in india sometimes with ywam and the Cochrans, and other times just connections that you've made so tell us a little bit about the relationships that you've built uh, how you got connected there and um, i don't know what what you enjoy about folks on the other side of the country
2: so in 2003, Kathy and I planned a trip to South Asia uh, with the focus being Thailand. We just wanted to go hang out in Thailand, northern Thailand. Just on vacation or just? Yeah, a real vacation. I mean, yeah, we were actually going to take a vacation. Weird. (laughs) And so Kathy said, well, goody, then we can go see uh, Steve and Liz, who were in in Pune, India at the time. And we had been in India, oh, gosh, 10 years before during Muslim... Hindu riots, and there, it was a mess. And so I said, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. And so we were scheduling, but Kathy persuaded me. And so we were scheduled to meet with him at the first part of our Thailand trip. And then we, we learned, uh, as our trip uh, got closer, we learned that Steve could not be there and I'm thinking, goody, we're not going to go then, are we? <laughs> Steve's not there. We're let's, not going. Let's stay by the pool. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I was secretly gloating. But then, uh, but then Steve and Liz said, but Steve will be back at such and such a date, which coincided perfectly with the end of our India or our Thailand trip. So, so we, we ended up going to Pune. One of the best things that ever happened to me in my entire life, one of those milestones things where God was at work in in our lives. And so Stephen and Liz were in, were in a leadership role, and they were just confounded and, and continually um, bothered. That's too light a word. Uh, uh, distracted by the conflict within their ministry teams. You know, believe it or not, ministry teams have conflict.
0: What? Yeah, I know, <laughs> oh, I know. Didn't know.
2: Yeah, all knew. <laughs> You know, as they say, where the two or three are gathered, uh, Christians gathered, there will be conflict. You know that's what we say. <laughs> so at biblical. any rate, they they ask uh, they they knew a little bit about my background, and, of course, Kathy's background in office management, and ask us if we would take on uh, teaching peacemaking in South Asia. And I'm kind of uh, clueless at times and and a little bit. Rash.
1: Kathy, can't confirm? (laughs) Clueless and rash? Okay, here we
2: go. Yeah. So we said,
1: sure. (laughs) No, we didn't say sure. You did. Okay. okay. And I'm going, what? (laughs) I was just here on vacation.
2: (laughs) That's right. We're just here to encourage them not to take on, but, but you did concur. And so Kathy and I came back, we discovered a ministry called Peacemaker Ministries. And we took Every training, every course they offered became deeply enmeshed. And those guys read 105 books on on cross cultural peacemaking, uh, cultural anthropology, Christian peacemaking. I mean, we we have a we have a library that that I think is pretty st- pretty stunning because we and we just diligently read all this stuff. And then, so 2006, uh, Steve says. Uh, hey, would you guys be up for teaching some peacemaking in Bangladesh? And we said, Bangladesh, you know, get out my atlas, and oh, there it is, South Asia. Okay, sure, we'll be glad to do that. And then uh, shortly thereafter, Steve said, you know, as long as you're in Bangladesh, how about doing this in Nepal, too? Steve
0: sounds like a great guy, just to be like, <laughs> hey, and while you're here, do you want to, like, wash mm-hmm. my car? And, yeah, that's exactly and how about these people over here? And yeah.
2: <laughs> So, so we said, and Kathy and I have had, a, had a long history with Nepal, I mean, for years prior to that. So we'd been there a number of times. And we said, go to Nepal, are you kidding? Of course we'll do that. That's fun. We have friends there. And, you know, so it's going to be great. And then he says, uh, you know, as long as you're that close, how about going down to La in India and doing, doing this whole thing again? So he said, OK. So that was our, our inaugural uh, trip in doing this. But we met people. Uh, we met people in Bangladesh that we're still connected with, and we've seen since then. Uh, people in Lenovla, there's, you know, how many people are we connected and, you know, and love and who connect with us? And so out of all of that, then over the years, and we, we've taught peacemaking in uh, Kyrgyzstan, West Africa, um, Singapore, um, Kyrgyzstan. I don't know. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, okay, said that. India, Nepal. I mean, wow. yeah. All over.
0: Kathy, maybe you can take a turn in this one. You um, wh- and you've, in all the learning and research and experience in teaching peacemaking. What What are some key things that have been that you guys always kind of hit on? Or um, I don't know. I, I've never studied peacemaking, so you had like a brief two minute elevator version.
1: Yeah. N- well. I would say that the hardest thing we have to teach is how each how people go to each other personally and ask forgiveness. And in a culture that's a shame-based culture, which India is, it's very, very difficult to get that concept across. We can teach, you know, how to forgive, how to confess, how to do all the kind of technical things, but this whole business of actually Presenting your heart to another person is very, very challenging. And we don't know the results of all our teaching. You know, we just, we feel we are seed planters and that God is the one that has to water. So we teach, we do everything we possibly can to get the concepts across, and then we leave. So there's no follow-up. We know several people that do use that the teaching actively, um, all the member care people in YWAM teach it. Um, but it's, it is challenging and it's fun and we get a lot of questions and, um, sometimes we see people sleeping. So, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you leave,
0: but you've built relationships with people there. And I know that some of the relationships you've build with people, I think tune in and worship with us online every Sunday. So, um, yeah, the connections you've made across the world. Um, I mean, uh, tell us about some of the things that the people you work with, what do you, what do you, what do you like about them?
2: In this last trip to Kathy and I took, we're very mindful of the fact that the, the government of India currently is very anti Muslim, anti Christian, anti Sikh and is, uh, very very much pro hindu there's a a hindu movement that is that is pretty intolerant of uh, any faith other than that uh to the extent that there are two things that have happened one is that there's a, a sweeping through the many of the states in um in india what's called anti conversion laws and that's basically that you can be fined up to i don't know some enormous amount of money 10,000 and if you convert Five years in prison if if you are suspected of attempting to convert somebody.
0: Is it, is there punishment for actually like as an individual converting or it's just I, I,
2: I don't I don't think so. It's the converter that gets converter. gets okay. hammered.
0: And actually, before I, I got a question. I always thought Hinduism, and this is just maybe my ignorance, was one of the more tolerant religions where they would welcome in other faiths or something like that. So it, it, is that incorrect or is this a new
2: no, I, th- I think that has been, you know, and, and I think we all uh, understood Hinduism at one point would say, hey, what's another God? You know, this guy Jesus sounds like, well, we'll add him to Shiva and, you know, yeah. all the rest of them. Uh, but that is not the case now. There's been this movement toward perse- really serious persecution of Christians.
0: And what's the gain, do you think, by the government?
2: You know what I think it is? It's, a, it's one of those things of look over there, you know, distraction, uh, distraction of people, plus plus the uh, the prime minister, is a pretty hardcore fundamentalist uh, Hindu who who truly I think believes that that India is for Hindus and everybody yeah. else. And I
1: I think uh, the gain is that he he by doing this he can keep a lot of the lower caste people from being educated, and then you have control over the people because they they just accept what's there before them and so there's no arguments yeah you well
2: know? <clears throat> yeah. and and that's not to say that that you know the, this the the current administration has not done some good things but they have uh but they also did another thing that's been very troubling they passed a thing called the uh foreign uh foreign contribution regulation act and basically what that means is that if you're a nonprofit doing you know, doing good works in India, uh, this act requires you to meet uh, to be licensed, and uh, and if you don't measure up to to their standards, licensing standards, uh, then you're suspended or kicked out of the country, and to put a little more flesh on that. So, for example, in I think it was in December, World Vision, you know, that scary organization, World Vision, had their license suspended. And it's based on the the whole idea that there's foreign money coming into the country, and it's devoted. That money is then devoted to ministries that that uh, are intimate or um, contrary to the to the administration's goals and desires. And I think so. Its world vision has been suspended. There was Compassion uh, International uh, last year. I think was just plain kicked out, and so uh, ministry groups like Youth with with a Mission are. are you know, walking on, walking a fine line right at the moment. And they're, I mean, this would be devastating to their ministries if they somehow got shut down. Um, There's already been some some scrutiny. We know of several cases where uh, YWAMers or YWAM-like people have been seriously interrogated and threatened and, you know, coerced and a whole bunch of things. So, you know, those are some of the realities that, that Kathy and I were looking at as we went and to the point where we didn't post anything at Facebook for the first three weeks where we were there. Because you guys
0: just went, right? When was the last time you went?
2: Uh, for, uh, we were there for the month of February okay. this year, yeah. I mean, we just didn't post anything because we sure. wanted to keep everything on the on the down low. Bought a couple of tourist books, so if we ever got got question, I could whip out my Dark Planet or Lonely Planet uh, tourist book.
1: <laughs> We're just tourists. Sorry. We're just tourists. So at,
2: so at any rate, um, that's kind of the, the cloud that hovers right now over, um, over ministries in India. But what, what we've discovered is that while things like church planting and direct evangelism is pretty much not going to happen very much, or if you do that, there's a lot of risk involved. But what, <clears throat> but what does work are, are what they call mercy ministries. And so that's like, you know, ground level um, medical assistance type things, uh, schools, uh, tailoring classes, you know, uh, Kath, jump on. Orphanages, this. children's yeah. homes. Yeah. And so the, the way we've, uh, I, I think I can speak for Kath in this too, we really love that. You know, because I'm not an evangelist for one thing, nor a church planter, but I can get my mind around, you know, uh, developing a school or, or you know, planting, planting, literally planting seeds. You know, literally, literally, um, what we call the hands and feet of Christ.
0: So all these all these programs, and do you have any any stories of individuals that have really benefited from them? I'm thinking like. Um, do you know of anyone that's benefited from the sewing programs or the, or like, let me, I guess I'm just looking for,
1: well, we know adults that are now in YWAM that have been raised in orphanages, Christian orphanages. Yeah. So yes, not, uh, and the children, I mean, there's, there are YWAM ministries that own buses that take them to the slums and educate the kids inside the bus in the slums. Yeah. So, and they have medical vans and they have um, medical camps where they just go and bring a doctor and go to, out to the villages and the slums and, and do their medical work right so in it's the it's way village. more
0: than just Jesus loves me, this I know. Oh, it's yes. Very caring much. Caring for so. the physical, emotional, educational, uh, yes. financial needs
2: in yes. uh, yeah. very needed area. Give you, l- give you a little more context. We have a good friend uh, who. Uh, whose wife is a hardcore y and he's a you know kind of comes from that tradition background as well. Started a school up north in West Bengal three years ago, and we have pictures from our our visit with them three years ago, where they were just putting down the footings for their building. And on this this trip, we went back to see them. And we spent the better part of a week with them, and there's this thriving two story uh, schoolhouse with grades K through eight, I think. Primary. Yeah. Like three through eighth grade. Yeah. And, and they're, they're pouring footings for a bigger school and they will say, they will say that, no, we're not, you know, well, they start their school day with prayer, (laughs) you know, and, and they're not overtly Christian, but they're, the way they conduct themselves, the way they approach the kids, the parents, all of this stuff is, you know, uh, lined up with, with her Christian faith. So that's kind of like the hands and feet, you know,
0: here's a interesting question. And I wonder how, how you've thought about this. Does anyone ever criticize you for being sneaky like that, for not being truly honest about your motives? Or is that not fair because our motives are education and our motives are, I mean, to, to kind of say, Hey, we're not, to get to get through all of the the barriers, you kind of have to be quiet about your faith. Is yeah. that yeah? yeah I think is that,
2: that, I, is that I, sneaky I, though? To uh, here's the way I would see it: is that is is that it a, is a tailoring class a good thing? Oh yeah, it's a great thing. You know, kids learning to read and write that's good. That's good. My faith in Christ that's great. So my our motivation then is out of our faith in Christ and just wanting to serve the Lord with uh, through. By being the hands and feet of Christ, and uh, you know, yeah, I've thought about that. You know, why can't we just be more overt about what we're up to? But that comes with uh, with a lot of risk, and I don't, I don't think we we ultimately serve uh, serve God by you know, kind of picking a theological fight over things.
1: Yeah, if they want to continue their ministry, they have to do everything they can to just be wise, wise and careful. Yeah. And many of the places have the full support of the police and the politicians in this in the village oh, so they've yeah. seen the
0: the good and the benefit and right, right, yeah. This is from the highest of highest right okay.
1: yeah, yeah, because they do provide so much good, you know, and that's exactly why they're allowed to continue their ministries is because they do a lot of good for the for the kids and for the adults you know there's a lot of oh my goodness during covid i can't even begin to tell you how many millions of tons of rice were given out rice oil eggs milk bananas i mean just and that's all done out of charity out of you know people donating funds and and that's how the vans are run the but the school buses the medical vans it's all done by contribution
0: so let's talk about what you guys are supposed to do with your retirement. Um, You guys are um, definitely in the retirement age and most people uh, would want to sit down, play with their grandkids, great grandkids, go visit California, Florida. Um, Yet you have chosen in this uh, phase of your life to um, be about something bigger and about something more. So why, I guess is the main question. It's like, why is, why does this matter to you?
1: I think God has called us to this ministry. You know, we didn't we didn't start this on our own. That's for sure. Steve and Liz invited us. Um, I think God pro- pro- prodded us to take on this whole ministry, and it's been so completely fulfilling for us. You know, it's not just the teaching. It's in fact the teaching has been important, but it's the people. Yeah, it's always the people, and you know, the hard part is getting to be good friends with people, and then they start sharing their hearts. And that was the difficult thing on this trip is because we had dinner with people every night, different people every night, and heard their stories. And their stories are difficult and challenging. Um, They all serve the Lord full time. They don't have time for a job, which is something that our Western minds can't grasp.
0: don't have time for a job because they're serving.
1: Yeah. And when it takes a missionary two hours to walk from his home to the village where he's ministering because he doesn't have a motor scooter, then that's two hours out of his life that he can't devote to ministry or work. (laughs) That's impressive. Yeah. So
0: there, there's belief in the benefit of a faith-based ministry and um, opportunities enough where they're willing to sacrifice almost everything to absolutely. The benefit is worth that absolutely. And yeah. so then, you guys and other organizations coming alongside to help support that has been
2: that's that seems to be the seems to be the case. And I I want to just touch on that briefly. Uh, if you recall, last, I think it was November or December, Sally Cross and the quilting people uh, auctioned, no, didn't auction it. They sold raffle tickets for a quilt that had been put together. And then the funds uh, went directly to to um, a place in, in India for their tailoring classes for materials, uh, teacher expenses, you know, rental, maybe buy some more machines, that kind of thing. And then on the heels of that, the um, the churches, it's not a benevolent committee. It's the one that that uh, Barbara Moret chairs.
0: Oh, the Mission Involvement Team. Yeah,
2: Mission Involvement yeah. Team. You know, heard a presentation by by a guy from India that was staying with Kathy and I and, and awarded his ministries, which are Mercy Ministries, $1,000. And on the heels of that, we were approached by uh, a couple in our church who said, 1000 bucks? Well, we can do that. So another thousand bucks rolled in. Uh, another couple said, "Yeah, okay, we can do that too." Another thousand dollars rolled in. Another couple said, uh, "Here's twelve hundred dollars." So that rolled in. Uh, and another person walked up to me after church and said, "Hey, I found this piece of paper in my pocket. It was a hundred dollar bill." You know, so it's just like this. You know, we, we really didn't ask anybody at all. I mean, they know what we're up to. But all of a sudden, here's this this flood of resources and that money went to, uh, um, went to gosh, all kinds of ministries, personal needs. Um, and, and we still have a chunk of it that, that will be.
1: I don't think so. I think okay. We okay. All.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the latest example where that money went was there's a, um, uh, a Rohingya refugee camp that is in Bangalore, um, uh, India and the refugees, or the uh, uh, Rohingya refugees, are the, are the the Muslims who are who have been forced out of or fled um, what we now call Myanmar, but used to be Burma. A terrible persecution, and so there's there's this uh, uh, community slum uh, in Bangalore, and they're under extreme persecution from not just the authorities, but from the um, from other groups there in the community, and they they their livelihood is rag picking and recycling plastic
1: and aluminum and whatever else. yeah, they can whatever get their they hands get. on
2: and and uh, and so they they pick up their stuff, get it to the whoever you know wherever they take it, and get pennies for you know huge amounts but but an evil bunch came along and broke up their rickshaws, their pedal rickshaws. Yeah, so if, yeah, it kind of takes away your your ability to deliver stuff, and so through the generosity of somebody in our church, uh, we were able to to purchase the uh, the parts for uh, for a couple of rickshaws. Two new, two new, two, rickshaws. New, two new rickshaws. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're like little tiny flatbed trucks, you know, three wheelers, and some poor guy gets on that and pedals, and yeah, <laughs> this, it. it's it looks painful to me. Um, but that kind of put them back into business. And I think the the total cost on that was what? 600 bucks, something like that. Yeah, yeah. $600, two Getting rickshaws can change their lives.
0: So what's next for you guys? What are you guys working on now? Um, how can people get involved? Sounds like some people know about what you got going on.
1: What we're working on now is trying to get a 501C3 put together, yeah. um, uh, so that people have a way to donate, um, in, on a regular basis, which would help us tremendously. Um, and that would be a tax-free way of them donating to note to the ministries in India and Bangladesh and Nepal, if there's a need there. But
0: is this connected to, um, another organization you guys believe in, or is this just something that you guys want to do? That's through... Jerry and Kathy and (laughs) their love for Jesus, and we have,
2: uh, and we have, we actually have a three-person board of directors. Yeah, and you'll love the name of our tell tell Matt Josh the name of our South Asia Compassion Mercy and Justice.
0: Oh, look at what you guys did!
1: We ask if we can do
0: that. Sack MJ. That's right. Um, So, listeners, uh, Compassion Mercy and Justice is. Um, one of our organizing principles, and um, if Jerry and Kathy aren't two people that live that out, um, I don't know who is. So yeah. that's really
1: cool. Yeah, and really, I just I have I've got to say this on the video, and that the biggest need is monthly support for people yeah. because they get support, but they it's not on a regular basis, and they can't figure out how to live their lives when they don't have a known amount of money coming in each month. And we have one family that we dearly love that has seven kids, five of whom are adopted from relatives who have died. And I mean, they educate all these kids and that costs money because they won't send them to the government schools, which are horrible. Yeah. So they go to private reliable. schools and they have to pay fees. If they don't have income, they can't count on paying for their kids' school fees. And that's, that's across the board of everyone who has children. So it's just, it gets desperate at times, and it's hard for us because we get all the information yeah. and but, but usually I wanna, can't do anything about it.
2: But I want to just tell you one really cool thing that happened with this family that Kathy is, uh, is referring to. They have a car, and this thing is like a... It is a piece of junk. I mean, it really (laughs) is bad. It was worn out when they acquired it, and it's not any better. But they have, like, mom and dad and these seven kids. And so they are in desperate need of a bigger vehicle to to get all these people around. And so we were actually talking to them two, three days ago, a couple of days ago. And and, uh, Mary says, guess what happened? We said, what happened? Somebody gifted to them the equivalent of about ten thousand dollars. I mean, it just came like out of nowhere, and so that's about half the price of a you know of a halfway need. decent yeah. car yeah. yeah so just you know here it is. and so things like that happen a lot, you know that are just you know the the the, the probability of that kind of thing happening is <laughs> you know. Similar to the Mariners winning the World Series, you know, it's getting that's, better. That's, it's getting better, I think. Yeah, it might get better. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, one last well, question before I let you guys kind of share anything that you haven't already. But um, I'm just aware of how big India is. I I, I went to go visit. I think back in 2005. No, 2000.
2: You were you were there for a couple of weeks, as no, I recall.
0: 2000. I think it was like 2012. I went to visit visit Bangalore, and I visited, um, Kolkata. Um, and I mean, you can't deny how many people are there and how big poverty is and the needs, um, for lack of a better word are endless. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you're a couple here in Gig Harbor trying to coordinate meeting some of those needs with the realization they probably won't meet all of them. How, how do you keep going with that?
1: I think the only thing that keeps us going is a lot of prayer and hope. <laughs> um, it's hard. It's, fact, you've almost got me in tears now because it is hard. When you know and love people and you can't help. One of our dearest friends right now is desperate need for so, shoulder surgery. $4,000. He doesn't have. We don't have. So... We just pray and wait, and he's in excruciating pain, and yeah. he's only twenty-four years old. Yeah, yeah, and and, he's, and, a,
2: and a a convert to Christianity, so he really gets it. Yeah,
1: out of Muslim background. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's really hard. So it feels sometimes very burdensome. But I want to
2: yeah. I want to say on the other hand we have the coolest life. <laughs> I mean, I, we do. Yeah. I mean, we've met people and been to places that people don't go to. And it, to me, it's just been completely fascinating. You know, so, you know, Kathy. There's I the share, both sides of it. Yeah, the, the other side of it. You know, yeah. This trip, we got to spend a, uh, a week in, in a northern state of India called Sikkim. Nobody goes there. But we we had a a personal friend from Nepal who met us there and was our our guide for the better part of a week. We did post some pictures of that on yeah. Facebook. and yeah. Some of the roads and Those the. Those were our,
1: our Buddhist friends, so that's when we yeah. went to the Buddhist park and. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so as we wrap up, is there any any other things you'd want we haven't talked about that you want people to know about or you want to share? Mm.
2: Yeah, I I think. The, what we do need is we absolutely do need prayer that we get this 501c3 off the off the ground. I mean we've been we've been messing with it for over a year now and it's just like we keep running into stone Real walls blocks, yeah So we, we need to get that off the ground and uh, I I you know this is such an incredibly generous church. So I I, th- I think one of our, our our big things is how do we get this thing off the ground? how do we market it? Um, you know, how, how, how do we kind of get our act together better, I guess.
1: <laughs> and I really appreciate doing this video because we need to get the word out to people of the needs and pray that people's hearts will open up and yeah. be willing to be generous. And the, yeah. the other
2: thing I would just add, final thing, I guess, is that it's prob- the probability of our returning to India is probably pretty high. And so we've taken people with us in the past. Um, the crosses have been Tom and Verna have been uh, Eric when he was here in the church has been there with us. Um, a couple of other people that are not churched people, but we took with us. And so, um, you know, we're we're not tour guides, <laughs> but we're fairly easy to get along with, and we know how to we we know how to navigate through the. <laughs> through the mean streets of Bombay. <laughs> okay.
0: There you guys go. You guys got some, wanted to go to India and do some good and get, yeah. get two people. Show us. Right. Now, would you guys be doing any peacemaking stuff or just generally connecting with relationships you've already built and checking in? I, what I, would I, a trip like that look like for someone?
2: I, I think our last trip was probably pretty prototypical in that we had like uh, three days of teaching peacemaking in, in Lanavala. <clears throat> and that was kind of the end of the peacemaking. Teaching no
1: it? no then when we went to s- East Maharashtra and stayed a week in a town called Udgir, um, this is where our friend's dad has seven pastors under him, and they all minister into in the like sixty different villages around there, and we taught the pastors peacemaking. Oh, well, we did three that's mornings. right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right.
0: Systemic, sustainable. yeah. yeah. And um, I
1: just got a note from. Knitting this morning that they're continuing the teaching. Okay. So that's very exciting. Yeah. So how do people
0: get in touch with you? Shoot you an email.
1: We have email. We have messenger. We have, we have a landline.
0: Oh, you still got a (laughs) landline. We have a landline. What is a landline?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Has little buttons on it. You can call. Yeah.
0: Um, Is there an email we can kind of publicize right now? You want to say
1: it? Yeah. Yes, mine is Corky, C-O-R-K-Y, Gates at Gmail.
2: Mine is uh, Victor4LRS, It's V-I-C-T-O-R-F-O-U-R-L-R-S at gmail.com.
0: So anyone listening or watching want to um, learn more or participate in some way, um, You know, you did, can do it.
2: Can I, I just want to close this way. And it's, and it's, you know, the money is great, but the money seems to show up, you know. Uh, not on our timeline usually, but I I think a lot of reach out to us. We just love to talk about India. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, if somebody reached out to us, it's not going to be like, how much money can you, can you pony up? I mean, that's not the way we operate. It's, you know, can can we just tell you about some of the people that we know? Can we show you some pictures of some of the ministries that that we're aware of? You know, I think that's so I, I would love for people to contact us that are just interested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or or do you want to go to Nepal and and, and uh, look at Everest? Come with us.
0: I'd look at it. I don't know if I'd go, like, <laughs> climb it.
2: Oh, there it is. Yeah. It's
0: the, the giant mountain.
2: Yeah, cool. <laughs> stuff like that.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for—well, yeah. um, I just want to give credit to what God's done in both your lives to really inspire you to just yeah. live a full life full of service and compassion, mercy, and justice and mm-hmm. for— ways that you've uplifted our church, either on staff or indirectly just mm. by being um, great people. Um, so mm. blessings on your ministry and your nonprofit. And um, yeah. And if anyone else has a, a Harbor Cove tale, they want to tell about the stuff they got going on, you can contact me, Matt at church,
2: And uh, we can tell your story as well. So thank you guys so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.